Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to the first Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast of the week with me, your host. Yeah, Andy Goldstein, it's not competition, pointless. Put your hands down, everyone, you look stupid. Anyway, what a podcast we've got coming up. I say that, I mean, I'm looking at it for the first time. Is it any good? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, we begin with the final word, um, which is quite ironic because Simon Jordan's on it. And of course, he never, ever has the final word. He just keeps going and go. Anyway, they were reacting to Sheffield United 3, Manchester United were appalling. Have a listen to your reaction and theirs, of course, along with Danny Kelly. You're two-thirds of a decade through this club winning a Premier League. You've got, you've, got, you've got a vice chairman that talks about how much money you're making. Because it's a fact. I can only do it if it's a fact. You're two-thirds of a decade through. No, no, no. Your facts are based on your theoretical outlook on the club from a businessman's point of view. No, no, no. No, no, it's not a businessman's point of view. I'm actually against the currency. Listen to me. Listen to me. From over 40 years as a fan, from what I've seen until Sir Alex came into the club, until what we're of course, it's just, it looks like a shambles in comparison, completely. completely. Well, that's what we're saying then. But what can we do? It's not going to be fixed in one game. It's not going to be fixed in one season. It's we not going to be fixed under, under managers that aren't capable of taking the direction of travel the I way you want it to go. We have to back the players, make, the, make them know that some people... But no one's talking about the players, there. Jonathan. We're talking about the, the management right, of that playing. club. It's the players out there playing. The management, yes, you know what? Oh, they could go next, it can go tomorrow, yeah? Whoever comes in next, have a clue is all I'm asking. Have a clue. If you got a clue, then you know what? Get these boys in order. Let them play. That's all I've got to say. Jonathan, thank you for that. All I'd say to you, and uh, you know, quietly, is be, be very Passionate. careful, Jonathan, um, because this was the kind of talk I used to hear from Liverpool fans when they started to not win the Premier League. And yes, Manchester United have got some very talented youngsters, but compared to Maury, Mount and Abrahams, who are all the England team now, they may be a bit behind Chelsea in that department. Um, and I, I think today would have been a great day for them to win the game because um, it might have given them all a boost. But of course, that late equaliser means that Sheffield United have once again taken the wind out of a major team sales. Let's hear it at last from a Sheffield United fan. Uh, hello, Dave. Hello. Hello, thank you for joining us. What a game. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I've been listening to the Man United fans coming on here. And to be fair, I've been to the match. I'm just coming back now. I don't understand what they're grumbling about. We bossed the game. To, to, apart from eight minutes when they scored the three goals, we've absolutely bossed Manchester United. I think it's about time people out there started realising that we're not just in the Premiership to make up, up numbers. We are a good team. We play good football. 
We've been saying that. 2-0 up, nobody. 2-0 up, nobody would have took that against us. We were 2-0 up deservedly. And that's... Come away, to, to come away from that game today was just a point. I'm, I'm, I'm gutted, I'll be honest. But that's what we've been saying about you. We, we've actually been saying it in this show, that it shouldn't be looked at as Sheffield United have, have worked the oracle because they're Sheffield United that have been in the Championship and League One in recent terms. It's Sheffield United are in the Premier League because they've got a very good squad of players, a brilliant support base and a really good manager. And they've taken it to Man United and really probably should be very disappointed as you are that you haven't won that game. Well, I mean, that's good to hear. But what you what you guys think in the studio then? What, what's your sort of perspective of the match today? Do you think... You think Man United were poor because every time we seem to get a result against some of these top teams, whether it be Arsenal, Tottenham, all we keep hearing is these teams are having an off day against Sheffield United. Well, I don't think that's the case. Man United not... having an off day. It's, to, to me, it's not teams having an off day. We're, we're making some of these teams look poor because Chris Wilder's got a strategy. He puts his team out there to, to play a certain way, and we're making teams look poor because of the way that Chris Wilder sets his team up. Not because teams are having an off day and we're, we're all getting a little bit fed up and even it, to be fair. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying and uh, you, you have to be honest, you know, Manchester United were very poor and maybe maybe Sheffield United made them very poor for that why, first why, hour why, and a half. Why, why, why were Manchester United poor? Well, because... because? Well, because they 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 made no impression in the game. That's why they were poor for that first hour. Do you not think some of that's down to our United? Of course it is. Of course it is. Absolutely. But there's also a period in the game where for 10 minutes, and you have to acknowledge this, for 10 minutes, Dave, Man United turned up in those 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, they ripped you a new one. I think I think we're shell shocked. As soon as they got one goal back for that next seven or eight minutes, that's where our learning curve's got to come from from being in True. the Premiership. We've got to realise that it's different from the Championship. If you get half a sniff, then yeah, we will concede. So when that goal went in, it did knock the stuff in, it knocked the wind out of our sails. But I wouldn't say the Hips is a new one. I for think ten, that was a bit from United. Dave, for ten minutes they did. They took, you know, they were they were going through you like a knife through butter. And it, you know, if they hadn't changed themselves to consolidate, then maybe they would have gone on and got more goals. From there, we can go to Darren Bent and Laura Woods on Arsenal which was part of Game Day, your verdict. I don't even know what that means. It's the first time I've heard that as a show. Game Day, Game Day. I've heard that bit. Your verdict. Is that just another way of saying people phoned up? I would imagine it is. Anyway, this is people phoning up, giving their verdict on your verdict with Darren Bent and Laura Woods. Full-time whistle goes, and the boos ring around the Emirates Stadium, even though Arsenal snatched a point in stoppage time. Unai Emery is left in no doubt as to what the Arsenal faithful think. When people start tinkering and doing all this stuff here, it's because they have no idea what to do next. They're, they're kind of hoping to stumble across something that works, and they go, OK, yeah, I want to do this, so I'll stick with this from now. But because the team's not performing well in any system that he plays... That's why he's that. Well, let me try this next week. Let me try and play him there because he's not got he's not got a settled team because I don't think he quite knows tactically what to do. Is he the most at risk? Do you think in terms of losing your job in the Premier League? And I'm going to say this as I always do. It sounds so disrespectful to speak about this, but ultimately we have to. I I think he's he's got to be up there. I mean, there's, there's quite a few that that are on the fence, but he's um, he's got to be up there because Arsenal fans have, have said for a long time now they're not happy. And the thing about Arsenal supporters is that when things aren't going very well or they've had enough of a manager they make their 
their noise is heard. It's quite loud. Everyone knows about it. And this is the same. You, mean, you have Arsenal TV, you have all these different platforms. But you can just see by, by Arsenal's run. And if they can't beat Southampton at home, Southampton are struggling this season for results. And Arsenal at home, if they can't beat them, then what exactly is he doing in, in training? As you said, he tinkered again today. He can't get mm. the best out of people. He doesn't seem to be able to get the best out of Lacazette and Aubameyang when on the, the pitch at the same time. It's either one plays well and one doesn't. He doesn't know what to do at the back. So for me, there's got to be a change sooner rather than later. I mean, the, the players themselves aren't without uh, their oh, own no, grievances. And, and uh, David Luiz made a couple of <laughs> David Luiz-style moments today mm. where the goals just go flying in and it almost feels like he's just a, 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 an observer in that particular game. Of course, but then he signed him. Yeah, Do you he know what did. They were together at PSG. It, that was his choice. Exactly. Yeah. So, and um, listen, it's a lot different managing PSG in the French league, where you, you're going to you win all the games. You've always got all the possession of the game. So David Luiz, who I think is a good defender, a very good football player, mm. Arsenal didn't need that at this present time. They needed a defender, someone that was going to put their body on the line, make blocks. And yeah, it might not be the prettiest on the ball. It might not be the best pass of the football. But wants to defend and loves defending. And, and he made a mistake when he when he signed David Luiz for that reason. <laughs> From there, we can go to weekend breakfast and Tony Cascarino was talking about Silva, saying he'll be gone by Sunday evening. Well, I can tell you, it's gone Sunday evening and he didn't go. So what on earth does he know? Yeah, Tony Cascarino, I think he'll be gone. No, Tony, he wasn't gone. He's still there. I'd be actually surprised if he gets through today. I really would. I, I was surprised he wasn't sacked last night. I mm. thought he'd be gone straight after the match yesterday, to be fair. Yeah, it's just not worked. It really hasn't. And... and I, I watch players who are not in the team when they've come on they make a difference and once they get in as a like, two or three game regular because obviously Everton's form is they, they change the team a lot once they've been in there two or three games their form goes back to being bang average now they spent money a lot of money in the last few years Wobie starts on the bench and he was a sub and I've said this before they've got a number of players who were subs at other clubs who they've paid big money for yeah. that not in their first team very often or they're in and out and in and out Tosin comes in yesterday uh, Walcott came in a few weeks ago hit the ground running Sigerson poor again yesterday I thought you know again Walcott didn't really get involved it's a bit well there's always sh- a balance isn't there and what he seems to do is not stick with an 11 in order to give other people chances but he also doesn't seem to that can also be construed as don't know my best 11 or don't know how to get the chemistry right. Well, you're spinning plates as a manager because you're losing games. You keep changing. I mean, I've, I've got to say, I'm always amazed when I see Seamus, Seamus Coleman, whether he's played well or not. I haven't seen Everton enough this season. I always trust Seamus. I think he's one of very few leaders and characters that Everton have at their football club. When I see him sub yesterday, I'm sort of thinking... It's a strange one. Seamus, for me, would be one of my first players I'd want on my team sheet because of his attitude and, mm. and he's, you know, still a good player. He's had a terrible injury. Some Evertonians will tell you he's not quite as good as what he was before he got the injury. Well, yeah, but he's still one of your better players with a great attitude. I just, I think it's just gone so sour at Goodison Park and to be beaten by Sheffield United at home quite comfortably and Norwich, I mean, got to say, they took the goal first goal. Pookie done brilliant for the goal. Great, didn't he? Stay yeah. on his feet. Yeah done brilliant for Campwell, Todd Campwell to get the opener so it was a it was a big surprise I thought this was a perfect game for Everton to get three points because they're going to go into a terrible run of games I can't see for a love nor money them picking up five points in the next five games there you go Tony Cascarino getting it 100% wrong Next up, of course, it's the Andy Goldstein's Trans-Europe Express with me, Andy Goldstein. Alongside me was the Football Encyclopedia. Um, I mean, he's not actually an encyclopedia. That would just be weird. But he's got the knowledge of what... Listen, 
Don't put me explaining that. If you don't understand it, you need help. Anyway, it was Andy Brassel and Kevin Hatchard, or as us Cockneys call him, Hatchard. A good win for Real. Zidane said afterwards about Bale, when you look at what... Well, he said in the build-up, if you look at what Bale's given to the club, the real fans of the club, the ones who go to the stadium, have to be with him because he's with us. And he said after the game, the whistling doesn't help and basically we'd like it to stop. So there has been a bit of a shift in the mood music. Mm. And Emilio Butchogueno, who's a you know legendary striker who works for Real Madrid, said Bale's performance was magnificent and said the team and the fans have to be united to achieve success. Can he can he get through sorry Andy, can he get through this? Can he come out the other side? If so, what does he yeah, need to do? He absolutely can, because the thing is it's, we always look at it from a British perspective as if Bale's been punished for his Britishness and basically it's a red herring. There, there are a lot of reasons that Real Madrid fans have been angry with him and the Madrid media has been angry with him. But this, and the reason the flag was a, a big deal rather than just taken as a joke, it's about timing and it's about context. It's confirming the bias that a lot of people had about him. The fact that they've always felt that he prioritises Madrid, uh, Wales ahead of Madrid. And I, I don't think any club fans like to feel that, do they? Um, and I, I think you look, you look at it and he's not the only player who this has happened to. Cristiano Ronaldo was booed and whistled yeah. regularly. For nine years, he scored more than a goal a game. He won a stack of European Cups there. And yet still, mm. he never got that unconditional love. There are very few players, very few players from outside Madrid, certainly, so guys who aren't Ica Casillas or, or, or Guti, basically, who get that unconditional love. Very few of them. So he's not in a minority of one here. What I think is interesting is the way that Bale played when he came on against Real Sociedad, so defiant. That idea that he can just get his head down and the more you have a go at me, the better I'm going to play. Mm. And there are two things here, actually. By the end, because he nearly scored, he nearly made it 4-1, and there was a tackle as well. And he actually got some applause from some of the Real fans. There was some cheering for him. Don't dismiss the fact as well that this row is box office for the papers. And the longer they can keep it going, the better it is for them. Because they want this angst. They want this clash between... Bale and the fans, Bale and Zidane, mm. Bale and his teammates. They want that because everybody wants to read about it. Um, let me ask you about two players they've got. Isco and Vinicius that um, are, I'm led to believe, meant to be or could be leaving in January. I'll, I'll start with Isco. I, I look at him. I don't know how much it costs. Maybe you can answer that. That's exactly the kind of player that Manchester United should bend over backwards to try and get. Yeah, that's Ch right. Chances and of him leaving and how much? Um, I would say fairly strong, even though uh, deals like this, big deals are really difficult to do in January. But there's no way around that. And the fact is, Real Madrid, even though he's essentially been in cold storage, they do not give players away, even players that they don't want anymore. So they will want top dollar for him. They'll want top dollar for Vinicius if he's frustrated enough and feels that he can't get past Eden Hazard and of course there's the emergence of Rodrigo as well which is is, is something to note um, so we're not talking about them doing a fire sale in January that never happens and Real Madrid and Barcelona traditionally do very little business in, in January Next up of course it was uh, one of the lucky shows to be on TalkSport and that's Max Rushton's show with Barry Glenn Denny like Barry top top boy 
Anyway, let's find out. I've got a piece of paper here with uh, the exciting stories and the excitement subjects they were talking about on their show. So let's open it up and find out what it was. Flat caps. Brilliant. I saw John Terry was in a flat cap. And he, was, he was looking like a very beige Tommy Shelby. Mm, well, I know it is the Peaky Blinders effect, but I would jail anyone under 60 who's wearing a flat cap. It's my first policy. And, it, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I am, for talk, in TalkSport terms, you know, a lefty snowflake, but I'm putting, Very it, much so, yes. I'm putting it out there. Jail for anyone in a flat cap under the age of 60. What do you think? Oh, well, what if they're a racehorse trainer or a farmer? I think there should be exceptions to your somewhat draconian rule. If you're a gangster from Birmingham... If you're a racehorse trainer mm-hmm. or a, a farmhand. Oh, or Ian Holloway, you're Or allowed. Ian Holloway. Yeah. Flat caps are acceptable. Mm, otherwise, straight in the slammer. I'm Alan Brazil and this is TalkSport Daily. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why united healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more so whether you're between jobs coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode of the Talksport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. For reason I'm completely unaware of, we're heading back now to Danny Kelly and Simon Jordan on the final word. See, I told you earlier it wasn't the final word. When I was interviewed here on Drive by Adrian Durham and the gang uh, during the week, I said, look, they, don't, I mean, they never believe you. All they think is that anybody, uh, all you want is your team to win, win, win. No, I want the team to win a certain way and I want, a, I want decent people to work for the club. I really do. Um, Mourinho, my only hope, Simon, in all this is that 11 months out of the game where they didn't, Bayern Munich didn't come and snatch his arm off. They sacked a the manager, didn't go after yeah. Mourinho. That maybe he will see that the way he carried on, particularly at Manchester United, where he was the dark lord, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, you're right, he has got progressively less um, humane and less... Yeah, less charismatic. Uh, less, I'm sure. Yeah. Hopefully that he has seen the, the, the error of his own ways. I think changing his, his backroom staff, he's brought in a load of people from Lille, mm. of all places, may be an indicator that he has realised that he can't just carry on the way he was that the game has changed. If he can do that, if he can be a decent person yeah. and bring his 
coaching experience and skills to the table, he might have something going for him. The problem for, for Mourinho is that we know the Mourinho that we know, right? And what's the, perp- what's the point of a mind if you can't change it, right? So we'll all accept sure. that there's certain things that you can learn from your experiences because if you make a mistake and you don't learn from it and you do the same mistake again, then you're a fool. And Mourinho isn't a fool. But what Mourinho is, is, is somebody that won't play the youth... Because it's not his nature. He wants to f- out of the box, ready to play, or ready to you know plug in and play. Because he knows he's not going to be there more than three. He won't be there for the consequences I'm either. Just because that's how he wants to manage. Yeah, sure. And by the same token, he's also wants to be able to have the best in class and be able to buy. Now I noticed in his press conference that he was constantly tilting back to the the dynamic of Tottenham, which is I'm very happy with the squad I've got. I'm very happy with the players. My biggest gift is not a January transfer window. My biggest gift is this squad of players. But that's what Pochettino was saying when he should have been buying players sure. two years ago. And this and. The, the idea that, that Tottenham will buy players won't, I think Tottenham will buy players because I don't think Tottenham's concerns are, are about capital expenditure on players because they don't affect your bottom line because they go onto your balance sheet it's the wages that Tottenham yeah. have constantly resisted paying that will be the compromise that Jose Mourinho has to make in his acquisition strategy because there's no way that Tottenham can if you were going to if you were going to have won something with this group of players, I think you would have won something in the last four years. Yes, that's right. Now, you're bringing Mourinho in at the sort of end of an era, of a four-year period, where you've now got a dressing room which is beginning to break up. Tottenham's team was at its peak the year that Leicester won the title and the year after, when Carl Walker was still at right-back and Moussa Dembele was still bossing midfields. They got basically the same players, but without those two, and it's reduced the team. When there was an energy and vitality about yeah. the club and an enthusiasm to be there, and you weren't hearing the narrative of who wasn't getting this and who wasn't getting that and which player was unhappy or which player wasn't signing a contract. Now, you can lay some of that blame at Daniel Levy's door, or you can simply say, this is the economics of football. I think a lot of people have got to look at, and you know, and Arsenal we'll get to in a second, but a lot of clubs have got to look at Liverpool as some sort of model because whilst it's a player's on the pitch... Ultimately, it is the the manager's ability to galvanise these players. And if you look at Klopp and you look at Liverpool's model, despite John Henry wanting to do Moneyball from the outset and having his pants taken down and buying players like Andy Carroll and Stuart Downing and people like that, Liverpool have funded this this development by the sale of players in Coutinho and Suarez. They haven't broken the bank in transfer fees or, or, or net spend, but they seem to have built an irresistible force that's now capable of winning things and you have to ask yourself in at, at Tottenham and Arsenal what is it that they've got that we haven't got and I would suggest it's a manager that actually knows how to win and overcome adversity or, or one that takes on adversity and changes the direction of travel that people's thinking rather than accepting things now Jose of course is the new manager of Tottenham Hotspur and he spoke exclusively to TalkSport after his Spurs side that sounds weird beat West Ham the interview was conducted by Jason Bourne. No, that's his real name. I sh- you not. Jose, a victory then on your Spurs first game in charge, your debut for the club today. Um, mixed feelings, though, towards the end? No, first of all, it's not about me. Uh, you know, I, For me, it's not important my first game, my second game. It's Tottenham. Tottenham is important. Players are important. I'm very happy for the club, for the players. Three points, a little jump in the table, happiness, music in the way dressing room because it's something that they didn't have for uh, almost a year. That is uh, the most important thing. I think uh, it would be impossible to play the perfect 90 minutes. Impossible. Uh, coming from the national team, change the manager, mixed emotions, training, lots of concentration to try to, try to eat um, my message. 
not easy at all for them. So for me, it's normal. For me, it's normal um, that we had a little, a little period where uh, we gave them the initiative, and then they try to play more direct, and then. Antonio is not an easy guy with, with Aller and first ball, second ball, more crosses, ball in the box, one more corner, another one. is never, is never easy in the, in the Premier League, but uh, I'm very happy with, with the players and for the players. Yeah, you have three days with the players obviously coming in on, on Wednesday. How difficult has it been to get your message across and how pleased are you given you only had a short period of time to get that win today? Yeah, we need to be very, very selective on the information. You cannot... Uh, fill the player's brain with information. You cannot train a lot. You have just to be selective in the ideas you want to bring to the team and to the positional play and be, be, be really, really selective with that, which I think we did. So the players, they found some, some little help in, in, in principles of play, but then it was about them. And that's why I'm very happy for them uh, and very happy with them. And finally from me, Jose, you joked in the week about Deli Ali potentially being his brother playing instead of him. Yeah, what a performance from him today. No, no, no. His brother stayed at home. <laughs> uh, Deli. Deli was here. Uh, the Deli that uh, everybody uh, loves. The Deli that many clubs were trying to to buy a few years ago. Um, this, this is Deli. Um, I took him off... Uh, Minutes seventy something because uh, I felt that uh, that energy was coming down a little bit. I brought Christian because I thought he could give us some some stability in a period where uh, we need the ball. Um, but really, really pleased, and I'm I'm happy that uh, he was chosen for the man of the match because it's a good feeling for for a boy that uh, in previous matches was staying at home and sending his brother. And last but by no means least, we can open the studio, Mark Glory Hunters, because it's an Anglo-Scottish affair as Derby County take on Aberdeen. I don't know, I'm getting excited, it's already happened. Here's comedian Mark Smith explaining why Derby County are a bigger club than the Dons to his opponent, Ali Ross. Well, frankly, I can't believe we're having this debate of oh. who's a bigger team, Aberdeen or Derby. This is, this is madness. Derby are one of the founder members of the English League, the proper league, the English Football League, Think about the personalities we've had over the years. Some of them are Scottish, granted. Dave Mackay, Archie Gemmell. Look at the rest of them, though. Brian Clough, look at him. What a legend of football. You've got no one like that at Aberdeen, in my opinion, apart from one guy, Alex Ferguson, who used it as a sort of stepping stone to the next big thing. It's like having a favourite service station rather than an actual destination. <coughs> look, we're still attracting the biggest names in the world. Ashley Cole, Frank Lampard, Rooney, Wayne Rooney. The Wayne Rooney is coming to Derby. To Derby. The only reason Rooney would have heard of Aberdeen is the steakhouses in Leicester Square. And that's it. We are a bigger <laughs> club than you. We know that from very, very recent evidence. Graham Shinney, your club captain, swapped Aberdeen for the Derby bench for four months. That's how we know. And here's the final point on this. The reason we know Derby are bigger than Aberdeen is that Aberdeen could win the domestic treble this season and they would still get less column inches than when our lads go out for a few quiet drinks. <laughs> and that is the bottom line. Well, that's it for another podcast. Good work, everyone. I hope you have a lovely day at work or whatever you do for a living. I mean, if it's illegal, still have a good day, but maybe just think again about what you're doing. Maybe a career change is probably best. Anyway... 
Uh, I am back tonight from 10pm with the fun boy for the sports bar with all the normal stuff. I do that Monday to Thursday from 10. So make sure you tune in to that. If not, then download the next one of these the next day. Uh, remember to press subscribe and all the other nonsense that goes along with it. And then you'd have to do anything. It just pops in. Like the chewing gum when you're having a snowball. Remember the little snowball and the ice cream? And then you completely forgot that the ice cream's at the bottom. And all of a sudden, your last bit of chewing, and then boom, it's in. So anyway, that's how it does it. So I'm told. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.